The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsetnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hello, everybody. It's the time of the season when everybody's sick and dying. But we're going to music our way through this because we're going to talk some music today. I'm Zach. Rob's here. Yes. <laughs> David's here. Hey. He braved, he braved the bubonic plague that seems to be spreading around Rochester. Yes. And we're glad all of you didn't show up. If you were sick, feel better. Right. Well, to I'm all those a, sick. I'm wearing a full, you know, hazmat bodysuit with a respirator, so oh, perfect. You know, I feel comfortable. Then we're set. But I'll ask something because it's the season. Who knows if this will be out for the season? But being a musician, what's your view on Christmas music? Sucks like what Christmas music? Do you like it or not? Well, Just as I a think musician. it's like any. I think it's like anything. There's some great Christmas music and there's some really shitty Christmas music. So. You know, just like anything, it's uh, there's good, there's the there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, some people yeah. have like I know my friend Greg Previews, and his band actually did a Christmas song, "Hey Santa Claus." He hates it. Other people, that's one of my guilty pleasures. Where every year I get a Christmas album. I got the old '97s last year. Oh yeah, have you any thoughts on what? You're Nothing gonna, this year, actually. Or what? Well, by this time, I gave Aaron actually the the Rob Halford one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the problem is it because Christmas seems to start earlier and earlier every year. When I go to the mall in September and I'm hearing Christmas music, there's an issue. So when you say Christmas music, what what are you really talking about? Are you talking about the traditional anything you want classics? I mean, we... So you're talking about you know. Anything you right? gotta remember, Mott, like Christmas as we know, it's basically. Uh, manufactured thing by Condé Nast and Macy's and everything with Santa Claus, all those things, Coke. Sure. Where all these images we see, everybody thinks this goes back. No, it goes back to the greeting cards, the courier and knives. You know, the Santa there was not like St. Nicholas. Washington Irving, you bastard. Yeah, because actually, I don't know if you know, Washington Irving, he pretty much, there's a book called The Man Who Invented Christmas, and he decided we needed a national holiday in America. So that's when they started popularizing Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, like, uh, what would your favorite Christmas song be then if it can be anything? Grandma got run over by Spinal a Spinal Tap Christmas with the Devil. Father Christmas by the Kinks. Oh, yes. How, what other song Christmas does, and goes on about beating up Santa Claus? Yeah, and all you rich kids. Yeah. <laughs> right? Father, it's the greatest Christmas song ever rocked It out, is. Right? Oh. Yeah. And I always, you, you watch the old, I think it's the old great whistle test where Ray gets hit with a pie on it. Yeah. Yeah, if I always. But I have to speak on that, too, because we lost somebody this week from the Flaming Groovies, the drummer. Roy Lonnie. No, yeah. no, the singer. Singer. See, I, yeah. just, I, know, I saw Mike post Singer, it. songwriter. I mean, uh, the, the, first, the first one. Uh, you know, Chris Wilson came in later, and he was great, too, but... Uh, Warlani, yeah, and only like seventy three, uh, yeah. and also the passing of uh, the girl from Roxette. Oh, <laughs> what? I like that. I like Roxette. I didn't know that even. Yeah, I think she was sixty one or something. Yeah, but but to show the diversity of us for music, I actually saw Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas the other week. So they played it at Love and Cup. Uh, Emmett Otter, and they did Sesame Street songs and everything. Why not? But I was actually thinking back to, like, the 70s rock and roll a lot because I, I just actually read a book about it. And you forget, I mean, rock, that, hedonism was not invented in the 70s, but I think it came to fruition in the 70s. So I remember, actually, if you go back, I don't know if you've ever seen this, David, there's actually a shot of the Beatles in Germany after they played in the Reberbahn, and there's John with a toilet seat wrapped around his neck, and they're all passed out. Yeah, I think I've seen pictures from uh, from those, and I think they all got treated for VD in, or in, something. Uh, I'm sure they all caught VD at least once in Hamburg, but uh, um, 
but yeah, that, that was like a silliness. And I think in the 70s, you're, to your point, that the hedonism certainly, uh, you know, reached its uh, zenith, you know, and that, I mean, in a lot of different worlds, too, you had that club, 50, you know, the Studio 54, disco world, but and then you had like, you know, Alice Cooper and... Led Zeppelin, I you know, think, might have. The Lost Weekend and everything else that happened. You know, because no one knew that cocaine was bad for you, right? Well, that was the big... It comes from nature. How could it be bad? <laughs> it's like gluten. <laughs> and it was the golden age of the groupie, which they found out. Yeah. They were all around. But you heard these stories. There was one of them, Peter Grant, heard this guy, Joe Binden, who was like a real-life thug. You could see him in some old British movies like Kit Carter. But rumor is he actually killed some gangster in Britain. But he ended up getting into some trouble there and some of the good old violence. But one of the things I guess he was known for in pubs is he would balance six half pint can uh, half pint bottles on his Johnson. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but wow. I'm hearing all these outrageous stories from the seventies and one of my views on that is how do these people stay alive? Right, like Alice Cooper. How did he live? Incredible uh consumption. Incredible I mean he, he consumption. even admitted it when he was on uh yeah. the, the good version of Top Gear. <clears throat> well, look at Lemmy, man. Yeah. You know, he, he, you know, a quarter day, you know, cutting down on drinking meant, you know, less drink. Yeah. <laughs> I read an interview like... with him when we lived on the houseboat, and this is when he's living on the houseboat, and I guess in the morning what he did for the interview, he took a picture, poured a bunch of orange, then poured a whole bottle of vodka in it for breakfast. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, he thought that, you know, if he quit drinking, vodka was okay. Oh. Because <laughs> it's clear. Yeah, yeah. It's and less. don't forget, what not vodka the Russian word for water? Yeah. Or similar to that? So, mm. But I guess you could find him. He used to like to play the games at the Rainbow Room. And if you walked in there any given day, Becky had an apartment out there. You could see Lemmy just playing like those the pinball games. games. Yeah, yeah, the pinball games and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine that? Yeah. That would be something. Waiting for the next groupie. Yeah. Come by, <laughs> right? You ever read uh, Pamela DeBar's book? Oh, it's okay, I'm with the band. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. But amazing, like the plaster casters, which if you've never heard of them, they're, they're, they would make plaster caster rock stars dicks. Oh, okay. And I guess they got mad at Kiss because they did a song called Plaster Caster, and they never invited them to make, you know, they never asked them to do that. <laughs> what the hell was wrong with it? Was Pamela DeBars, when she was Miss Pamela with the GTOs, I know she was with Jimmy Page for a while. Yep. And then... I don't remember if that was, like, you know, before or after Sable Star or one of the <laughs> other ones. But, uh, uh, you know, today it's a lot different, right? I mean. But, yeah, but that's one of the things I've it. been thinking is 70s. And the reason I thought this, my friend Aaron was talking about photography and about the era, the era she'd like to be in, and that would have been that era. And I was thinking, the one thing about 70s, one of the songs that gets me is I think Very Daring Still increased Me Out is Muskrat Love. Oh. Because think of the lyrics. Think of the lyrics. Did you sing that? I mean, that's gross. <laughs> it's so gross. I can't, I, you got to have some guts to sing these lyrics. <laughs> Give me, refresh my memory. Like, what's one of the worst lines? It's just, it's, it's these two, you know, muskrat Sally, muskrat Sam, and muskrat land, and they're hugging, you know. Because <laughs> there was, like, the era of all that crap rock. Yeah. That That's stuff. a good genre for it, crap yacht, rock. Yacht rock. Think so? That's a good one. Yacht rock, yeah, it's a thing. Look it up. Huh. I didn't know that. I just look at all that stuff, like the Partridge Family, like... Ugh. All those like novelty songs like Night Chicago Dies. Night Chicago Dies. All those. But then again, see, there's always a reaction because then you got punk. We should actually start when we get a bunch of friends and do like a night of like schlock rock of all like these cheesy 70s songs. Oh, Billy, God. don't be a hero. Oh. <laughs> Wildfire about the dumbest tourist ever. <laughs> you could definitely do some. We can put out the Carnival schlock, uh, Schlockthology. Seasons in the Sun. Oh, Terry Jack. Terry yeah. Jack. Yeah. I see her that song a lot around here. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Yes. All these quality songs. Oh, my God. Influenced I, us. I think my my head cold just came back from that one. <laughs> Brandy, you're fine. Actually, I, I got to tell you, that's a guilty pleasure. I actually like that song. <laughs> Some of those songs are so bad, but when you hear them, they remind you when you were a kid. They remind and... you of a simpler time. I'm yeah. not going to say a better time, but a simpler time. I rode my bicycle. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, really? That one? Yeah. Oh, what about the one with the key to the roller skates? Yeah. Oh, I've got a brand, brand new key. key. I've got a brand skates. new key. You've got a brand new key. Yeah. It's like... You going to fit that key in my lock? Yeah. That wasn't a metaphor for anything at all. <laughs> oh, no. No. It's like, you know, one of the dirtiest songs ever to me. Still, Buck Owens, Who's Gonna Mow Your Front Lawn? Nice. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you had to get away with it for that. Because rock and roll is actually a term for screwing anyways, I'm pretty sure. Oh, it oh wouldn't yeah. shock me. Old, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, you rock and then you roll out. You're rocking it's and like, rolling all night long. That's, that's absolutely it's what... It's like uh, your jelly roll. You know it. You know it. You know, like those guys. But rock you had to be sort of like, because of the good old... It's amazing in those days, too. They like, thought Elvis's hips were <clears> going to turn everybody into Satanists or whatever. And they did. Yeah, right? clearly. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, uh, something else. But Eddie Cochran, some of the words there are really great euphemisms as well. You know, here I am knocking on her front door. Never thought I'd be doing this before. You know? <laughs> hey, <laughs> so I don't know how Day Tripper got by the censors. It's amazing the shit that they would able that they were able to get by. Well, I always liked the dichotomy of the Beatles and Stones because the Stones were pretty posh. They're from London. Mick went to the London School of Economics. Then the Beatles grew up in Liverpool. Hard place. But right. they, who those was, guys were tough guys. And I think John had graded on him about how, oh, we're the cutesy band. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Their images were but completely they, opposite of what they really but were. But they just wanted to hold your hand. They wanted to take your money. That's what they uh, I'm not saying mm-hmm. any more yeah. than that because I'm not paying her money. But. Well, you must, I mean, all we need is cash the Ruddles. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the Ruddles. I love the Ruddles, too. Goose Step Mama. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> Was it cheese and onions? The Do ones I talking? have to spell it out? <laughs> C-H-E-E-S-E-A-N-D. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that one I never heard. I actually Oh, yeah, cheese and onions. Look it up. One of the Look biggest privileges I had is I saw Neil Innes play here. He did a show here, and I saw him and talked to him afterwards and talked to him about the Ruddles and yeah? everything. Yeah, where was that? It was actually, back in the day, Tom had shows at the Bob Shop Atrium when it was in Village Gate. Right, right, he okay. he came down. He when played, was this? This was years ago, and I, he might have come back because, obviously, the Bob Shop's been gone from there for years. Village yeah, yeah, Gate's yeah. all different. But when I first moved here, it was there, and I wonder if it was... I'm just totally was oblivious or he sung the brave Sir Robin theme. The only thing is I made the big mistake. I guess he had a falling out with Eric Idle because I had him sign the Holy. I brought him like a CD. I brought him a Bonds doodah dog band CD. Nice. And I had that. And then I had him sign uh, Monty, uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail. And I was talking about spam a lot. And he got sort of, well, I don't have anything to do with it. And I'm like, oh, I think I stepped on somebody's yeah. Yeah. Ouch. That yeah. means I'm not getting any money from that. So yeah. shut the fuck up. Right? Yeah, I felt <laughs> like. But he was really funny. He did this one song, Where Are All the Flowers Gone? We went, Where have all the money gone? The bankers took it, all of it. Nice. But because the Bonzo Doodah bo- the dog band was really Vic Stanfeld, who should be in like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah. Sure. But these guys, because I think doing I mean, satire. More rock and roll than Taylor Swift or whatever else. The fuck hey, is her birthday's you know? the same day as mine. It's leave her alone. I don't like her. <laughs> but it's like false. But I think there's an art to that. If you could do with songs like those, and the, the thing is, you look at it there, it's like Victor Borg in a way, where mm. you're funny. But the music's actually good. Right. Hey, look at Tom Lair. <coughs> yeah, right? I love Tom Lair. Yeah. You know, all those songs are really clever, well-crafted, catchy, and funny. But you know, that's the thing. It, it. It, it's, that's, that's a lot harder than people want to think. I mean, to purposely make it funny and not have it be unintentionally funny because it's so terrible. Right. Because satire, I think, is really, really hard to do well. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. But the Bonzo Doodah Bob dog band's great. You know, and oh, yeah. I, and I think, um, honestly, I think, you know, satire and parodies are kind of becoming a lost art. Oh, Weird Al Yankovic. Well, Weird Al's still hanging in there. He's the last bastion of it. And I'm sorry, but if whoever doesn't think he's one of the most talented musicians and songwriters out there, I think you're wrong. Well, he's, been, he's achieved longevity, and that's a hard thing to the do. Guy's in got, and the guy's got skills. Plus, yeah. he's a hell of a performer. But even jumping off, we've been sort of we we have a quasi theme of the seventies. One of the big things I used to get to is that's when I would get comedy albums. Yeah. 
Oh, God. Yeah. And I do remember, because I was a big Sanford and Son fan, I got a Red Fox album, and Woo! I realized Red Fox is a little different. A little different than you see on the TV. Yeah, did, you, did your mom and dad hear that record? Oh, uh, I got <laughs> it. The thing was, my mom was a huge Sanford and Son fan, so she let me buy it. Oh, yeah. And then we played that. it. Oh, uh, said it could heal, not raise the dead. <laughs> But yeah. because the other guy who's really, really dirty is Buddy Hackett. Oh, God. He did this. What was this thing about the dentist chair or something? But he was a hell of a lot dirtier than he wanted you to, than you, you perceived him. Cool. I don't it's know. It's kind of like Bob Saget, you know, to jump up a decade. but For the aristocrats. Yeah, oh, jeez. He was a filthy comedian, <laughs> but he was the dad in full house. <laughs> Right. You ever suck dick for weed? I suck dick for coke. <laughs> what? But actually, the comedy albums, somewhere, I think it was in a garage, we found an eight-track player with a bunch of eight-tracks. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to dig through it. And there was a Richard Pryor eight-track. Cool. And I listened to it. It's like, damn. May not have been a great person, but damn, was he funny. Did well, you, he did. Uh, you had the George Carlin records, right? I had all. Oh, the, all the I, I actually records. bought a couple Damn. years ago at Record Archive. I got a copy of Toledo Window Box on vinyl. What was the line? The hippie dippy. The hippie dippy. Al Snow. The hippie dippy weatherman. Yeah, here yeah. with all your hippie dippy weather. The weather outside. Dark. Dark. <laughs> Continuing darkness through the night, moving to partly light in the morning. Yeah, man. Yeah, Al Sleet, the hippie dippy weatherman. Yeah, yeah. I actually just I I bought myself because I didn't think anybody would get it for me. Time Life, you know, they do those big bog sets. They did the complete George Carlin. And it was like 12 of his HBO specials on DVD, remastered on DVD, plus like bonus discs. And I went for the Uber package and got the best of Johnny Carson with it. Nice. Thing was, I saw like, Carlin Conrad, play yeah. here, and this was near the end, almost before he passed away, and he had to postpone the show once because he had to get stents. Yeah. And when I saw him, he was not as he was a bitter. <laughs> yeah, that's when I saw. I, me and my mom saw him in Las Vegas. It was maybe a year or so before he died. I mean, he went on the one I mean, rant he was on about the bitter tour. I bet if we had a reality show where you kill yourself, people would do it. Yeah, just promise him a small appliance. <laughs> I'm going to jump out of a building right. onto an electrified bed. Everybody's going to watch. Yeah. Scary, like what the reality shows what people will do for it's stupid. Fucking true. It's absolutely true. He's still everything that he said was true. But his old stuff, I and I, even listening, going way back to the when it was uh, Burns and Carlin, when it was him and Jack Burns. Man, that was just, it was funny, but it was different funny. Yeah. Because you had, you know it was they did the, the two man act, the straight man and Carlin playing the, uh, the comedy. But I thought of that actually. Steve and I were talking about this. And hope he feels better. Yes. We were talking about doing a 1970s reality show in that vein where you get to live like a big, like Keith Richards for a month. You die. And whoever lives wins. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> whoever survives wins. They used to remember that they used to have the Keith Richards death watch, like in Rolling Stone. <laughs> Nobody knows how that man is still alive, but he's going to outlive us all. Maybe. He fell out of a tree because he was drunk. That, really, that That's all. That's true. Wasn't he in, like, Hawaii or something? He, he fell out of here. He hit his head. Yeah, he fell out of a coconut tree because he climbed up there when he was drunk But that's a, that's a question to ask, though, for terms of music. Like, what was the first album we've talked to before that when you picked it up, it really hit you? It was like, this is, I want to play music. I really am into this. Me? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, there were a few albums all the same time, really. You know, uh, you know, uh, the, the Ramones' first record and... Uh, and uh, it's the Clash's uh, safe European home, and uh, probably the, you know, uh, Elvis Costello's first, uh, you know, like this year's model. That I don't remember which one I heard first. It was all happened at the same time for me, you know. I'm just maybe you'll know this one because I know I have it at home somewhere. I have an EP of the Ramones. I know it has something to do on it, and there's a couple other songs. I know I have that one because the first song I ever heard from them was something to do. Hmm. And how can you go wrong with hanging out and they have to eating chicken vindaloo? Now right, that's a right, beautiful right lyric. Yeah, yeah, it was great, real genius. And you know, you think like if if something like the Ramones came along today, you know, they'd be considered like maybe lightweight because 
You know, they aren't like you know. There's so much. It's gone so heavy. Well, right? because story not- I've heard. One of the stories I heard. I did not see the show, but I guess Billy Idol played here in Nairobi back in the '80s, and he had the Ramones opening, and I guess they got booed off stage. And <laughs> really? I guess Billy. I guess Billy came out. He chastised the audience and said what a great band they were. Well, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. Well, Rochester, good music tastes. Yeah, tough town. It's a tough town. That's why Bowie never came back. <laughs> Amongst that's other why? reasons. Well, there were other reasons. <laughs> Everybody, for for people that aren't from Rochester that are listening to this, that famous mugshot of David Bowie, it was be, it was. You look at the placard, Rochester, New York, and he swore he would never come back and never did, never set foot in the city again. There's a story. Again. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But I mean, I don't know if you know Kim Dreheim, my friend of Benford Radiation Orchestra. He tells the story that night that he and her friend ran into Bowie before this happened by the hotel. What the hell did he get picked up for anyway? The weed was yeah, it? Was it? Weed, I yeah. actually Iggy don't Pop, know. Iggy Pop too. Iggy Pop got busted too. Ugh. But Kim says, I guess his friend asked Bowie. About Jim Morrison, because that was his favorite singer, and Bowie said he didn't like him. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, the what, what I read was that he, he was, you know, the Rochester Police Department went out to get him, set up a, you know, a CI, and yeah, and was was into, you know, really, really tried their best to get him and got him. Yeah, well, and that's I, why I, still, I think if back. you go down to the RPD now and everything, I think there's a picture of that bus there. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that. <laughs> But that is like the most fam- one of the most famous mugshots, right up there with uh, Elvis's, you know, or the, sure. of the mugshots people think of, and the Bowie one of with Rochester, the, New York. And the right funny there. part: this is a question actually I'll bring up because I was out with my friend Overhand Stan Snyder on Friday. We were talking shop about music, and he said he looked at me and he goes, "Whatever happened? Nobody sneaks into concerts anymore." <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And we were talking about, like, in the day about some of our... Well, my people must sneak into concerts, you know, just because, you know, I don't sneak into concerts anymore. <laughs> the kids still must do it, right? You'd think? I, I don't know. Maybe be, mm-hmm. maybe with the advent of more technology and more cameras, it's easier to spot them. Because you think about, like, in the day when you're really just psyched about seeing some band, and it would be like the quest to get the ticket. Yeah, and if I you didn't couldn't get the ticket, pay- you were going to see him anyway, goddammit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there were, maybe it was looser back then, you know? There were lots I, I of doors. Think, I think what it was is people just didn't care as much. Well, this will bring it up. I used to go to every show at the War Memorial. Every show. They were, remember those days, how much tickets cost. Yeah. You know, it's like cheap. So I would go to everything, but literally... When the house lights would go up between the opening band and the headliner, it would be like the nuclear cloud of pot. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember a couple times getting like secondhand highs there. Contact high. I remember like one time it was like one, it was an Aerosmith concert. These two dudes dudes are in front of me snorting coke and they look up at me because I'm just staring at them. I can't help it. And they just go... Yeah, today I got hit by uh, my friend got up on a seat for a concert. He goes flying down the aisle because somebody ripped the phone out of the wall, threw it. <laughs> <laughs> Phones attached to the walls. Yeah, yeah. That. that was actually a thing back in. But the way, the it, I, but then what happened? I remember before the end of the, we were going in. They started strip searching people. You used to see all the all the potheads fleeing. Yeah, because <laughs> wow. before nobody cared. Yeah, and then it just got, and then people started getting really uptight in the nineties. I think I do remember really, Ray almost started. The, yeah. yeah, I remember Ray almost started a riot though at the one show at the War Memorial because it was during a uh, state of confusion. And what he did, you'd seen the act before, where he would go on about playing Lowell, and he'd just go, no, you're not ready. Yeah, But he yeah. really drug it out this time. <laughs> but I'm not late. He just kept going on about it. Yeah. Hey, look, there's not many people who can just like, manipulate a crowd of several thousand people who uh, like that, man. He's got it in the palm of his hand. Yeah, and I mean, I, what was the one... Did he throw a beer bottle at Davidson and bounced off, hit the bases in the head, and knocked him out? It was like a show at Long Island. Oh, Lord. <laughs> a lot of fights. Because I never saw anything like that. I saw, like, guys who were drunk falling off the stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, a given. But I don't know, man. It, it yeah. was... What's the drunkest band you ever saw? Oh, Mine? I got this. This. Oh, I've got... Go on. <laughs> replacements. <laughs> saw the replacements probably, uh, like, 80... Uh... Maybe six, seven, something like that. 
and uh, this this place in uh, Boston called Jumpin' Jack Flash, they had these pipes that would go on across the ceiling, you know, uh, but not so high that people couldn't like you know get up there with some effort. And people just I just remember the place exploding and people swinging from the fucking pipes on the ceiling and the band just absolutely drunk out of their fucking mind. They'd start a song. <laughs> crack themselves up halfway through it and stop and then start another one they'd probably never played before. It was amazing. And the one for me, and I've told this story before, is one of my friends was really big into Southern Rock, so we used to have the, the festival tent downtown, which, and Black Oak, Arkansas was playing. So I'll say, I'll go with you, I'll go with you. Jim Dandy, who if you don't know who Jim Dandy is, he's basically the guy David Lee Ross stole his looks from and everything, oh, the, the whole okay. act. And he looked, for you, Zach, it would be, he looked like what you would imagine a pro wrestler to look like in the 70s. And they would sing songs right. like Jim Dandy to the Rescue and other ones. But Jim Dandy comes out, he's pasted. I mean, he's literally so gone. All he does, he comes out, it's like slurring stuff starts swearing at the crowd and then i think they tried to sing black betty and then he fell off the stage <laughs> well and my view was good night i don't care that was my money's worth that, and that's the thing that that is the true definition of worth the price of admission but right there sort of the term like you use it have you seen shows that have just been utterly were the, the act or anything something was just crazy for some reason I mean, sort of like the one you described there with the... Um, <laughs> down the road from where my mom still lives in Pittsburgh, there's this park, and they used to have, I don't know if they still do it, they would have the free concert series in the summertime. And I was like, oh, free concerts, how good could it be? The one time, uh, Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers were supposed to come. And I was there, you know, showtime comes, no band. Half hour comes, no band. Hour comes. No band. Then all of a sudden, this RV that looked like a giant hot box on wheels shows up. And then they started telling this story about how the state troopers busted or raided their RV and they had like 80 pounds of weed. It's like, and, I, and I had to go because I had something else to do. I didn't even get to see him play. But oh. Reggae band doing weed? I know, right? Isn't Crazy, that weird? Huh? I actually, at that concert series, I saw Gordon Lightfoot. Oh. He busted out the 12-string guitar to play the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, and it was actually kind of awesome. <laughs> I had the one where a bunch of my friends and I we were going to go see Ryan Adams. And I warned them. I said, okay, this guy's a bit of a case. I'm warning you. We might see a good show. We might not. You don't so, know with him until you get there. So I saw him in Cleveland like about five years ago. He was fine. Except he, he massively ripped hecklers and he wouldn't let him go. But this show oh, we Was saw, it the summer of 69 thing? <laughs> no, this was just somebody yelled. One person yelled Freebird. And his comment was, that might have made more sense in the 80s if someone were still alive. And then he went on this dissertation about how does this person how does this person work in the morning? You get up, I'm gonna ruin the night for everybody. He wouldn't stop. So, anyways, the time I saw him with my friends, he comes out, he plays three songs, stops dead, says, I haven't taken my med for a week, and he walks on stage. Wow. Okay. But that was a question I was gonna ask you. What are your thoughts of like Scott and Reggae and such? Fan me, Scott yeah. and Reggae, yeah. yeah, I love it. Sure, you know, I mean, it's not not a big, not a big fan, but uh, you know, I like the English beat back in the day and uh, uh, specials. I went. Yeah, through, I guess the specials. You know, I mean, I know the thing I found and, again. I was talking to Sam about this. Was that a lot of people who are really into Scott and Reggae? They, if they're in it, they are in it. Yeah. They have yeah. like a passion for it. Like my friend Justin, he'll even say, "I can't really be." good friends with somebody if they don't like the music. Wow. Yeah. I went through a ska phase back in the day. Well, for my mm -hmm. big thing was, what turned me on to was the Harder They Come soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy Cliff's amazing. I love Then Jimmy I got Cliff. Bob Marley's box set. I guess I'm like more into like artists than, uh, you know, types of music, right? Oh, so, so, you know. artists than genre. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, you I know. mean, yeah, I love Jimmy Cliff. I love, you know, the really great ones. If they happen to play reggae, whatever, you know. Yeah, we, I my cousin had this album. I think it was like the best of ska, one of those compilation things, and they did a ska version of the Inspector Gadget theme song. I was like, all right. And then the last one was a band, Mephiscopheles, 
<laughs> and they did the Bumblebee Tuna song, which was just fan goddamn tastic. And we saw them at a club in Pittsburgh, Mephiscopheles, and they played Bumblebee Tuna for us because my cousin asked them to. It was fucking amazing. And that was the one when my dad actually had shown up and a bird shit on him right in front of us. Oh. <laughs> well, I remember the right quote, on his pink shirt. Keith Richards quote about Jamaican artists. He was in Jamaica and he said, "I can't believe these guys." As soon as they wake up, they smoke a joint. I wait at least 10 minutes. <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom first before I do that. <laughs> and also, I was thinking of the 70s. I think it was really the age where the stereotypical crazy drummer came into effect. Where a lot of them came out of the 60s, but really the 70s is when you well, heard about them. Keith Moon. Yeah. yeah, you know. I think he was probably one of the first insane ones. I think that you could trace that kind of crazy drummer lineage way back to like Gene Krupa. Oh, you mm-hmm. know. So, I've my theory is on drummers is that there are three types of drummers, okay? There's the animal, Keith Moon, right? There's there's the scientist, you know, like Neil Peart, right? And then there's just, you know, there's the jock drummer, right? There's always a jock drummer too. Can't think of an example right now, but maybe like uh, like Clem Burke or something like that. Yeah. It's very super physical. Mm. Um, but uh that all drummers can be classified in one of those three categories. Hmm. You should actually, you know, scientists. <laughs> Next time we have the drummer you know, we show, we have a drum show on here. Greg Andrews started, and we had a bunch of drummers down here, and Watch. let them talk shop. You will find that. Keep it in your own heads. I'm gonna have to, you know what? Every single drummer can be classified as. Problem a scientist, is, like what I'm gonna be doing animal, now is when I see him, I'm gonna be. Yeah, exactly. Now if I meet and a then drummer. there's John Bonzo Bonham, who is. <laughs> The stories about him yeah. just... But that's true if you think about it. You know what? Yeah, now that you put it that way, it really does kind of make sense. Well, guys, my work here is done. Thanks for having me down. <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> to you all, I've classified drummers. <laughs> that's actually interesting, but the yeah. jock one's the one that's going to get me. Yeah, because now I'm going to have to be thinking, it's like, is that just kind of like the catch-all for the ones that don't fit in the other two? No, no, it's super, super athletic. Okay, so just super... So like, the, like, like maybe I'm... Um, like Tommy Lee, maybe. Tommy Lee, yes. I think he'd be a good one. I think he would be. You know? Because yeah, yeah. he's Although, all well, over the damn place. He's kind of animal, too, right? Right, but I think... And, so, and just like personality traits, people can be more than one thing, right? Yeah, they can have but I think he definitely tended to the jock, to the super physical kind of drumming. Right. Right on. I feel like the Spinal Tap thing where they got the 4,000 drums. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Joe Mama Besser. <laughs> yeah. what, whatever happened to him too because after the other guy blew up it was Joe Mama but then the other guy somehow came back yeah they didn't mention that part of it god that's a movie I haven't seen Spinal in a Tap while. though oh, it's every, worth seeing again I, I own it it's a it's fantastic and you can watch that every year or so and you always I'm gonna see something to, new or... I'm going to have to find a, a time in the calendar to put there that was movie actually in. I met Dickie, Bet, Dickie Peterson from Blue Cheer when he was in town years ago and they actually Years ago, they actually had somebody from Rochester playing a blue cheer, and they made an album here. And real nice guy, little guy. He's telling us the story about when Janis Joplin died. They were in the same hotel. And he said that he lived, like, with Big Sur somewhere with farms and chickens. But he said about Spinal Tap, his quote, and I'm sure a lot of musicians have said this, I ain't seen Spinal Tap, but I got a feeling I'm living it. (laughs) And Alice Cooper said he thought it was, like, so... I think a lot of musicians would say it's probably one of the greatest depictions of that era. Absolutely. Ever. And, it, and on top of that, just fantastic movie. Yeah, it's great. Well, why, like, well, the album is all black. We thought, could it be any more black? Could it be any more black? No, none more black. It's a beautiful piece. What's it called? Like my love pump. <laughs> yeah, like my love pump. It's in D minor, the saddest of all keys. <laughs> break, break like the wind. And then I saw that's actually, a great record. I I Thank used you. to have it. I think it. I think I lost it. Every year, both of them. Great record, really well crafted, well produced stuff. I think <laughs> that's the thing about it, though, is that behind all that, the stuff was really yeah, you know, well done. Back when we were just, talking about the funny with the good music to back it up, really well done. Every Christmas, I play Christmas with the Devil from now. Yeah, I always go for Christmas and Hollis Queens. That too. 
Run, run DMC. <laughs> oh. Christmas time, was it Christmas time in Hollis or Christmas in Hollis? But I guess that Stonehenge thing. I guess like a couple bands did that in the seventies. Oh, that's sure. Stonehenge there when they get locked in the pods. <laughs> then actually, I saw. Hey, you said that happened to somebody. I saw one of my friends wanted me to go see his a Queensrÿche Judas Priest concert at Darien Lake. So this is when Rob Halford just came back to the band. Yeah. Right? So they started with Electric Eye. Halford got locked in a pod, and he's trying he's singing through the pod. Excellent. Who was the one in Spinal Tap that got locked in? Was it Harry Shearer? Yeah, 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 the bass player. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I can't remember. His he comes yeah. out, puts his hand out, <laughs> and the song's over. Like, oh. Right, yeah, and he's halfway in and out because he's, they, he missed his re-emergence. Into I heard the yeah, story. Oh Some band, God. I guess they said that happened to them where they got lost trying to get into the main part of the arena. <laughs> it's like, hello, Cleveland! Hello, yeah. Cleveland! Oh, we can hear was, them out there. We just don't know how to get on the stage. That was... That was it was ba- it was every rock music trope that you have heard of or wished would happen just put into a movie. No, that is. And then did you ever see Fear of a Black Hat, which is like a take out a rap band no. like that? No. It's actually pretty is funny. It? The first hour is pretty funny. Then it sort of goes. Well, I mean, but at that point, if you've invested an hour in it, you yeah. know, you got to see it through. Actually, I last night Uh-oh. I watched, uh, I didn't finish watching, to your point, but we got like probably maybe almost an hour into uh, My Dinner with Jimmy, which is about the Turtles uh, early success and uh, they're uh, they're going to England and meeting Jimmy Jimi Hendrix. I didn't get as far as Jimi Hendrix though because it was so bad. <laughs> I mean, the, every t- and then every once in a while I'll break to a song and hey, I love that stuff. I love that. I love you know Happy Together, and Eleanor, all, and all, all of that stuff. Yeah. I love pop music, right? And so and the music parts were good. So there's like three minutes of good, and then it was just so awful. And at one point, my, uh, Lisa just said to me, you know. This movie is really awful. You know that, right? I know. She's like, this is really, really terrible. And I was like, oh, well, f- that, fuck it. I can't do it and anymore. That was uh, talking to you in between shows. I tried to watch Barfly recently. I, I made it an hour through there, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? No. Just go read the book. I'd rather not at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, I might give the book a try, but. Yeah, God, I, read, I reread Post Office a while ago, and. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> I've He's never, a great writer. Never read anything. Bukowski. You never read Bukowski? I have Bukowski. not. Dude. Yeah, that's, not. A serious, that's a serious hole you need to fill as soon yeah. as possible. I mean, uh... His I, poems are weird-ass, but I really read, like them. Read Post Office. I've, that's what I've heard is, the, is the, the big one. Yeah. I read that... The first time I read that, I was... I was a letter carrier. I was, uh, I was, oh, I was a letter carrier in Boston for five years. So probably at home. And uh, it was... Well, I mean, you know... It <laughs> might be another whole discussion, but well, you know, the way things are set up, you know, if you're, if you can finish a route, you know, way before you need to be back at the station, right? So what? Yeah. So so what do you do? Do you go back early? You rat out the guys were out? No, you know, <laughs> that's that would be very very bad. So you go to a bar and you drink, or you find some other way to, you know. Kill a couple hours. Kill, kill some time, uh, you know, and I would uh, I would go to the public library and just, you know, read mm. or hang out, you know, or, or sneak into, like, the cafeteria at the John Hancock building and get food. But, uh, uh, you know, that, that whole Bukowski take on the post office is so fucking true, man. So fucking true. No, he's great. I, he's one of my favorite writers. Because I've tried mm. some of the other beat generation, and it's like, uh, I don't know well, if I, I would call, I him, beat. call, I him, call beat. him beat. I don't call him beat. No, I mean he's certainly like in the similar it was like type that of same style, time but, zone. but not time not not the same time. You zone. don't think? No, no, no. no he's no. a lot later. He, no. just, he just passed away. Beat in the generation 90s. is the fifties. Yeah, that's Ginsburg and Kerouac in uh, the fifties. Yeah. And, and I guess he was. And for because, some reason, I always lumped him in there. Maybe well, because I, they were influenced by him. A lot of the patriots saying by them. Yeah, yeah. But he was published mostly, I think, in the seventies. Yeah. Because yeah, he passed away, like, yeah, what, 90, in the 90s, like, I think. Like, mid-90s, I think. Yeah, I think it was 94. Because I remember, did you ever see The Best Little Hotel on Skid Row? It was a documentary he nominates no. that, he, that he's talking about. No. But he lived like that. That's where he... Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, this was <laughs> real autobiography stuff. I mean, you know, look at a guy like R. Crumb, right? Yeah. 
You know, there's no, there's no, there's no coming up with that kind of persona. You are born that's, that way. That's you know? the thing. Some of that shit, it's too weird to make up. Well, it it's like the one true. that was supposedly different was Henry Miller, though, who was sort of looked down almost like as the godfather of the beats in a little way. But I yeah. guess he was very, in real life, he was more shy, and he wasn't as crazy as all is. Right. Right, right, right. I think now, you're probably... I, th- I like, actually, the one thing when he talks about working in the Cosmo Demonic Telegraph Company, and the guy falls down an elevator shaft, so the first thing he does, he goes and asks for his job. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Oh, that's how you move yeah. up in this world when somebody else moves down. That's it. But like Burroughs, I think it's some of the weird, especially since science fiction is out there. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Although, you know, then again, his actual life may not have been absolutely as crazy as Naked Lunch. Yeah. Well, I read did shoot his wife, though. Yeah. <laughs> some of those guys, it's just amazing. Sometimes, you know, you live it, but you don't want to live it. Yeah. <laughs> but he always wore a suit. Yeah, always was. Well, I think the Beats were like dressed. They dressed like they looked like squares, as they would say in the fifties. Like that's why the Blues Brothers even why they wore the ties uh, and everything. Okay. Sure, you know, like that. You think they were dressing like Beats? I think that's what they. I think that was the idea. Maybe uh, I'm I don't not know. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm not either. I mean, that's like there's a lot of controversies that were they just ripping it off or were they just trying to popularize the music they liked? Or well, you know what I. I I don't give a fuck for appropriation and that whole argument, you know? It's culture. You know, anyone can use whatever they want. And and sometimes when it's... You don't a, have to listen to it. And sometimes when it's appropriated, it's combined with something to make it better. Yeah, that's the, that's alchemy, man. That's 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 putting different things together. Well, we no, got meta. You, no one has a right to, like, demand you don't touch something because this is mine. Well, did you see there was... I saw this meme going around. There's, there's a story going, Goss complaining because he appropriated Halloween from them. The other thing is, you know, no one has a right to be uh, free from, you know... Uh, what's the word uh, when they're all like getting up there uh, offended? Yeah, right. No one has a right to be well. You go through life and not be offended. You know the thing. You ever notice that the only people that are offended are those that want to be? Yeah, right. Well, you have to look for it. Like I saw a story about how secret Santas are stressing people out. Oh, you told me that. I I actually well, we had to was stop just... ours at work because someone complained. Oh my god! Someone someone got offended. So. It's over. Yeah. See, I had when my mom bowled, they would have the grab bags, and, and she'd take me along, and I would get you get a strike, you get to pick the gift, and That's I could cool. even you know I knew I was going to raid my parents' liquor cabinet when they weren't home, so I would always manage to find the booze. You could just see the way it was shaped. So I yeah. always managed to get the booze. I got in big trouble because they finally noticed, like when they had guests over, how watered down a lot of the drinks were. <laughs> why does it? Why does this whiskey taste like tea? What the hell is going on? <laughs> Bagged. Oh, boy. Then, I don't know. I don't oh, know. What happened to it? Someone, someone must have snuck in here and did it, Mom I Dad. got <laughs> wasted on maraschino cherries one day because they got the real ones. They was, like, real uh, strong. Then I tried to put, like, a bottle of cherries in there. Because <laughs> you got to remember in the day, like, when my parents would go out, remember, this was before all the, you know, they would come over, they'd all be dressed to the nines, they would get sauced before going out on Manhattan's. They'd go out, come back, proceed to get sauced when they came back, and then people would drive home. Yep. Yeah. And I remember like we drink, we drive, because that's what we. I remember seeing do. a couple friend, like a couple of their friends, bouncing off the doors like pinball. <laughs> it was a much different time back then, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, the days of those Christmas parties. I never, I think I was, I'm a little too young to have ever seen that. I don't recall my parents ever having a Christmas party like that. No. 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 You know, there was no crystal punch bowl anywhere in the house that I can recall. (laughs) No. That was, that would. Going over to the neighbors to borrow folding chairs and not inviting the neighbors to the party because you hated them. (laughs) (laughs) But that goes going sort of back to music. Yeah. It's it's like the holidays or so. If you could, like, magically see one band you've never seen, who would it have been? It could be anybody, like, if they're dead now, we'll take you back in time. Ooh. Oh, jeez, I would have loved to have seen the Beatles. I wasn't, uh, 
you know, I was born in 64. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, they were done, you know. So uh, yeah. I would have loved to have seen the Beatles. Think, this is, a, this is yeah. like a sore point with one of my friends. He's a little older, and I guess they never played in Rochester, but they played, I think, Toronto was the closest. Sure. So this is like 65, 66. His sister had tickets to see the Beatles, and he decided not to go, and he figured they'd come around again. Mm. Uh, but the, the thing about that, though, their shows probably weren't that good, though, because you had all the screaming Well, right, you couldn't hear shit. Stuff. Yeah, they did not catch on to the sound reinforcement things, yeah. and, you know, uh, that's one of the reasons, of, you know, of course, that they stopped touring. They got pissed. I mean, it was like they're it was, musicians. It sucked. It sucked for them. They couldn't hear themselves on stage. You know, and that that was really, you know, too bad, because there were bands not that much long after they quit touring who cracked that code, who, you know, figured out yeah. how to... How to do how to how to do an, a stadium show? Certainly, the the Stones, you know, figured it out. And uh, why Epstein couldn't have like you know gotten a little ahead of the curve for these guys? Too bad. Well, that's that's a good one because there's, you know there's actually the Beatles. Were I, an interesting you should one. look it up on YouTube videos. It's the uh, Dick Cavett with George Harrison. <laughs> it's after they break up. Eddie, John, and Yoko were on the show before. I guess so. He's going to sit down, and Cavett goes, "Hey, Yoko sat there." You go, ah! <laughs> but then he was saying, he goes about breaking up. He said there were a lot of reasons yeah. we broke up. Yeah, I think it was just that was just probably the straw that broke the camel's back. At I that don't know. Point. People love to bl- blame Yoko. You know, well, like in Spinal Tap, well, the girlfriend there. It's like that's supposed to be like Yoko, like yeah. his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, Yoko got a bad rap. Well, you think about. I mean. Do you think about them, how they sort of were in the fishbowl? And remember, they were together since around 1958, and then going through all Beatlemania and everything else, yeah. Yeah. and growing up. And then Brian Epstein dying was a big thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we missed the Lord of the Rings movie because of that, probably, too, because Paul wanted to do a Lord of the Rings movie We're using the Beatles. Oh, boy. Really? Yeah, John was going to be Gollum. George was going to be Gandalf. Wow. Well, I think he dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Well, Magical, I admit, Magical Mystery Tour is hard to get through. I may love the Beatles, but... Well, who's one of your bands you would want to see, if you could go in time and see anybody? I still, you know, I still have not seen Tom Waits. I've eh? always missed him, and he's still around. I don't know if he yeah. tours much. Oh, you can make that happen. Yeah. Oh, I had a, one of my friends, he literally was on... Well, he said, if he's playing in Kentucky, I'll call you and we'll go. Hmm? But I had the one when I lived in Washington. I came back to visit my parents, and it turned out he was playing here. And it was 75 bucks a ticket, and I would have splurged. But I guess it was sold out. So what I did, I actually went to the Strathallon to try to find him. <laughs> because I guess he stayed there. And I know he yeah. likes to drink wine. Yeah. But it happened because there's the old story about the Pogues, where they were going to go try to find the master. And I guess they looked for him in the hotel. It was nine. He already went to bed. Uh-huh. So I, I, I would have felt like an ass anyways if I saw him. What am I going to say? Hey! hey I'm st- I've been stalking you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I talked to you. Well, I think the Beatles is a good pick. Obviously, you know, I missed that whole thing. I did see the, quote unquote, see the Rolling Stones at a Super Bowl halftime show. But. I saw like I saw the songs. Stones at RFK, and the thing about that it was eighty nine RFK. The thing that got me was Keith. It was twenty eight bucks a ticket. Still, it wasn't enormous. What got me was Keith balanced the cigarette in his mouth the whole performance, which is impressive. But did you see the clip from the recent tour where I guess like he started playing Midnight Rambler and it was a totally different song they were starting? Oh no! <laughs> and I guess Mick was like, "What the heck is that?" Uh-oh. Hey, more power to them, though. They're still doing it. Still doing it. But actually, now there's two acts, and I'm going to go back a little ways. Um, I uh, My dad got to see him, but I never did. Cab Calloway. Yeah? My dad saw Cab Calloway perform at the halftime show of a Harlem Globetrotters game. Cool. Or I would go back even to, like, the big band era. You know, like uh, the Benny Goodman Orchestra or something. Or, or um... Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller. God damn. Uh, Duke Ellington. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. I, it's great music, and I, you know. I'm I guess one of the fun ways, you know, the Pissod Jazz Club here, we had a lot of those old bands. But I guess for Muddy Waters. Ooh. Remember, Muddy, like, he's watching the band play. Muddy's out in the audience talking to women. And Muddy would, like, pop up, do a couple songs. Well, Howlin' Wolf would play, like, a three-hour-plus set. That's funny. Wow. But that those would those would be mine. But I don't know. 
No, it's a lot. I can't of really them. think of any other people that I would really, really, really want to see. I mean, really, the one of the best shows I've seen of late, non-local, was Nick Cave. Oh yeah, he's probably good. But otherwise, I just don't like big arenas. That's one of my problems. I don't like going to the big, like C Max and all those. Anymore. No, I hate that. I don't like that. I mean, I saw Dylan at the, and he was on this time. I saw him at the Auditorium Theater last year, <laughs> and he was actually because he can be really bad in concert, but he was actually really good this time. Not one word to the audience, of course. It was a shock. <laughs> but it's amazing if you see the Rolling Thunder Review thing. This guy's been touring every year. Except he had some health problems in the early days. He's never stopped touring. Yeah. I mean, credit to him for keeping it up. But And the view on that, too, I mean, he, didn't need, he must you got to do it because you love it. I think that's what it is. I think he loves it. He definitely does not need the money. You know, and I'll reverse that question. Is there somebody you've seen who you just nowadays you go, damn, I'm glad I saw them. Black Sabbath. Because it's somebody who, like, you would think maybe dead now, maybe not. But it's somebody you go, this is really yeah, good. Black Sabbath. I, I caught them on the reunion tour when it was the original four together in Pittsburgh. Me and my Uncle Fred went. That was cool. I actually have mine, Mose Allison. He played at Jazz Fest, and I, I grant you, he was, like, in his mid-'80s. Came out looking like a Kentucky turtle with... With the Colonel with the sneakers, purple, the good old purple thing. And he did repeat a couple songs. And he was, and he Moe's always home to himself. Yeah. But I guess he was getting the, because, I mean, he toured, he's like touring like 200 dates a year in his mid 80s. Wow. Then he finally, he had to stop. Yeah. He, I, think, I mean, that's, uh, that's insane. I'm really glad I saw Moe's Allison because yeah. he's. That's just, a good one. Uh, the New York Dolls. I'm oh, really glad I got that would have been cool. I, uh, I saw the reunion tour that was, I don't know, maybe like. 15 something years ago they came and I'd already moved to to Rochester they played out in Buffalo at Mohawk. the Trough. Oh, Trough was the Trough. I think it was the Trough. Maybe it was Mo. No, I think it was the Trough. Yeah. Um and uh of course obviously, you know, you know, Johnny Thunders had already died, but uh, so but Steve Conti did a great job. Fantastic guitar player, really perfect. Uh and uh it was great. That was really great. That's yeah. actually the infamous site of the Trough. One night, I guess, Prince played in town. I guess he showed up at the Trough, just started jamming and played for four hours. <laughs> actually, that I'm going to throw him in there, Prince. I would have loved to have seen Prince. Prince of which country? Eh, Monaco. <laughs> but actually, last show I saw there was actually uh, Nick Lowe last, this year hmm. up at the Trough. Because the funny part about that, one of the best shows I've seen this decade, but it was like something out of a comedy, was Ray Davies played the Trelf. Wow. He balanced the Guinness on his head. It was like <laughs> that storyteller stuff. He had one other guy, and he would play songs. He started with Victoria. And I would say the problem with it was I would never been there before. It was before GPS. I couldn't find the damn place because, you know, it's inside the building. So I'm tooling around. It's like National Lampoon's vacation asking for directions. Uh, Sorry, I finally folks, get there, closed. barely get there. And, of course, then I have to be way in the back. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, one of the best concerts I've ever seen. He was, like, really happy on. Cool. And just one other guy with him. That was all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that just can do anything. Yeah. Cause, but that was good because he actually, rumor was he was going to play Water Street, but I guess it was one of those things I was calling for tickets, and I guess there was a misprint. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, That's a hell of a misprint. Yeah, that, that, they probably got a lot of phone calls. Oh, he did because I'm, t- I'm trying to order tickets from this guy. And he's like, and he doesn't know who he is, and he's reading the thing. Ray Davies, the original storyteller. Ugh. So I just went to the Trout show. Heck with that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's an hour away. I'm so you yeah. so used I mean, to it nothing. from work. It's you know, nothing, right? Exactly. Yeah. I actually know where I'm going to park anymore. every time too. Yeah, I was, I was to... actually just out there on. I actually was at Babeville on Thursday of the week, which is weird. If you go down, it's off of Delaware. It's almost by Pearl. I mean, when I lived in Boston, it'd take 40 minutes just to get across town sometimes. So, yeah, you know, yeah, like, was, like Philly you know, too. Nothing, yeah. you know. Exactly. Oh, like Whereas in an hour, we could be in a big city. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo's happening. I'd love to play out there. If anyone's listening out there. And wants to hook me up with a show in Buffalo. Hey, Buffalo, there false positives coming for and you. I will okay. tell you, I will tell you, when I went to see the last, when I saw Nick Lowe, that was on a weekend. That Main Street is hopping on the weekends. Yeah, it's a great scene. Incredible. It's fun. It's fun. Which is interesting because a lot of local bands I've talked to from there, I asked them where they play a lot. They say they do a lot of house shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My nephew lives in Buffalo and he tells me about crazy anarchist punk 
rock uh, shows that they have in pe- people's basements and stuff. Plus, the worst beer selection ever. When my friend Pauline and I, Fox 45, was playing at a house show. So we walked down to this convenient, and we've never seen, like, a worse selection of beer ever. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like the hallmark of the bodega, man, is you got the beer. Come on. Yeah. Come I on. like the idea of the grab house some Jenny show Tall- what, You need some, like, fancy beer. Just get, grab a Jenny Tallboy and call it good, man. If they had Jenny Tallboy, <laughs> that would have been an upswing. <laughs> yeah. Pat's these. Blue Ribbon, this baby. This was like Michelob Ice something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I like PBR, so that was, you know, <laughs> they it was that. Milwaukee's best ice. <clears throat> but actually, I think house shows are getting this. I've never had one where there's been a problem. Yeah. I haven't gone to a lot. I mean, back in the day, you know, we used to have parties in Austin, but uh, I haven't <coughs> gone any lately. A long time, at least. And actually, we have a lot of other things here, like uh, Small World Books puts on shows, art galleries put on shows. I've still got to get out to there, Small World Books. Yeah, so, I mean, they're around. Just got to look for I've just one. never been. But any parting words on this yeah. music one before we go to the next one next time? Give us give give the people something good to look forward to hey. in 2020. <laughs> I know you're Friday, playing January. Friday, January 24th, 2020, Lux Lounge. I've got it written down already. And uh, it's actually our first time headlining a show, so come on out. Who's playing? <laughs> Anybody, who's a, I, I saw you're playing. I didn't see who's playing. It's It, it was going to be just us, actually, but now uh, last minute, uh, late change, we're going to have the... Uh, uh, the uh, what are they called? The uh, fall. Wait a minute. Let me get this right. Let me get this right. You're Hold. the headliner. Who cares? Hold, please, audience. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got to get the the facts right. They're called the cursed idols. Cursed idols. I, I, like, cursed I idols. like the. I liked the. I liked it. You you weren't you were there with the Fox Sisters when we were there. Right, we were there. right. So but they they had a band. Did you you didn't you weren't there for the surfing cadavers? Were you when Freeze Creepers? I didn't see you. No, was packed. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. These but, dudes uh, all wore the masks again. <laughs> but the the cursed idols are. Uh, uh, Pat and Brian from the Fox Sisters, and so they're going to do a short twenty-minute set in between us doing two sets, and uh, five bucks Friday the twenty-fourth, nine o'clock. Come on out, and it's, it's going to be great. I'll tell you, shows at Lux are always really fun. Love Lux; it's the best place in town. They're always, it's the only place that'll book me, so <laughs> I love it. Well, I, as long as people don't know the story years ago for me, when. They, they, again, our good friend Paps Blue Ribbon, and they hit him on sale. So it was summer night. We were outside, and I know this is on YouTube somewhere still, where they got the wooden penis out there oh, and the fell penis. over the wooden penis. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. But I, I don't know. Lately, because for a while, they were having shows in the back. And one of the funniest shows ever was when Fox 45 was playing. There was like a convent or something behind it. It's a convent. And we see these sisters to be jumping up and down to the satanic dark metal <laughs> all right all right all right but it's a good system and everything there come out and see them and i have i have something to play because we were doing uh Uh-oh. doing sort of a 70s theme but do we ever stick on one topic Hell no. why would we but do this that? is That's my boring. friend Chaz lockwood who lives in ball who lives in massachusetts now i know charles yo you know Chaz. yeah he lives in nagaset uh, I don't know. I think I sent him a Christmas living. card. Yeah. So he's living in Massachusetts. I met, I met him out here. Actually, we have some mutual acquaintances. Yeah, Stan Merrill. This is their old band, the Badenoffs. And the song is because there was something in the 70s we could not get away from. K-Tel Records. Right. So this is called K-Tel Rockstar. There and you go. Then we're going to play that and wing it in. Thanks a lot, we're man. Play that. fun. Come Happy on. New Year. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can buy it at your cave.